The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Jonathan Healy in for Pat on this Monday morning. Our next topic, we're going to discuss the condition of vertigo. If you've ever had it, you know it's a terrible feeling. It can be incredibly debilitating and can take a long time to leave. And we're going to have a medical view in just a minute. But first of all, we're joined by broadcaster and Ocean FM presenter Claire Ronan. Um, Claire, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Jonathan. It's lovely to talk to you. You had this earlier this year while you were on your holiday, so bad timing. Well, it was bad timing, but also I'd never heard of it really, to be honest. I mean, vaguely heard of it. I knew nothing about it. And it came on so suddenly that it was really quite shocking and frightening at the time. So describe the symptoms when it came upon you. Okay, so basically what happened was, I, being honest, Jonathan, you know, I don't know whether it happens to you, but before you go on holidays, you know the way you have that sort of little slump. You're working and working to get away and then you arrive and you're like, phew. Um, so I was tired when we arrived and I didn't feel great, but we were going out for lunch on a Sunday and uh, it was on the beach and we were all in great form and I just didn't feel 100%. And I went to the bathroom and it came on so suddenly that when I went to come back to the table in the restaurant we were at, I couldn't, the floor, it was like you were on a really rocky ship and I had to sort of grab onto the walls. Of course, the people in the restaurant thought that I was drunk, um, which I wasn't. And um, I got back to the table and I just said to my husband, I have to leave. So we went home and I lay down And then that evening, you know, I I went, I actually went upstairs and uh, sat and watched a movie with the kids and I felt terrible, you know, but I wasn't too bad. But when I woke up the next morning, I was in an awful state. I couldn't walk. I kept flopping to one side. Um, It was, I felt so sick constantly and my ears were killing me. And in behind one ear, particularly, I had like really bad stabbing pains but I was nearly losing consciousness. I was I was really not well. And we rang the GP in Portugal and um, made an appointment for four o'clock in the afternoon. But by lunchtime, my husband was really concerned. We didn't know what it was, you know. So he rang and said, look, could you see my wife earlier? So he brought me. And what was interesting about it in the GP surgery, they have a, a room where they can put you on a bed and they immediately, de- you know, put in a hydration drip um, and they started treating me there. And by the time I stayed in that room until eight o'clock that evening, I really wasn't feeling well at all. But when they were closing the surgery, then he gave me a letter and said, look, you know, this is a precaution, but I really think you need to go to hospital. And to be honest with you, I felt myself I needed to mm. go to hospital. At that stage, there was talk about vertigo. And uh, when I went to the hospital, they, of course, brought me down for a scan to see was there any bleed on the brain or whatever else they were looking for. Um Luckily for me, the consultant in the hospital had had a bout of this out of the blue. She was a middle-aged woman as well and she understood completely. And what really surprised me was everyone seemed to know about vertigo. They kept telling me, don't look down, look straight, you know, keep yourself upright. Um, you know, even it's, the orderlies. Well, I mean, it, it's seasickness. I mean, that that's the best description you can put in it, isn't it? I mean, seasickness with, with very serious side effects, but that's that's how you'd normally feel. Yes, but like a million times worse, a yeah. million times worse. So it, luckily for me, there was no, nothing very dangerous. And they gave me medication through a drip. They At this stage now, I was really well hydrated. You'd, you'd, you'd have taken anything at oh, that point. I anything, <laughs> anything. And, but I think part, like my mind was at rest um, when I left the hospital and I went home. And over the following week, it took about a week for it to go. 
And then you're left in limbo. And I think what's shocking about it is when I did the piece in The Independent, I got messages from all over the country from so many people who are crippled with this um, on a weekly basis. So for me, I'm hoping it was a once off and that it never comes back again. But this is definitely an issue um, in Ireland at the moment. OK, let, let's bring in Dr. Douglas Duffy from the Balance Centre in Dublin. Hiya, Douglas. I'm good. How are you, Jonathan? I'm very well. Um, it's to do with the inner ear, if memory serves, isn't it? Uh, the vast majority of the time. So when you feel like the room is spinning, that um, happens because of an imbalance between the two ears. So the, the purpose of your inner ear is to sense where your head is in space. So in something like uh, what sounds like Claire's case, if you get a, an inner ear infection, you suddenly lose function in one ear. So you have one ear telling you one thing and the other one not matching it. And that when it happens um, severely or suddenly, that's why you can feel like you're veering to one side um, because there's a link between your inner ear and your spinal muscles. There's also a link between your inner ear and your eyes. And so if your eyes aren't um, sensing where your head is properly, they tend to start to flick in one direction and you'll get the sensation that the room is spinning. Uh, what happened to Claire sounds pretty extreme, but is it though? If you, if you have a, um, a bad bout of vertigo, which many people will suffer from, uh, is she describing asymptomatic conditions? Yeah, so it's, it's both extreme and common. Um, so, so her description is uh, really common for uh, probably the second or third most common type of vertigo. Um, so positional vertigo is, is the most common one. People tend to get it when they're uh, changing positions, getting into bed or getting out of bed. Um, and it's caused by these little particles in your inner ear that break free and float into an area where they're not supposed to be. So it'll cause an imbalance between the two sides. Migraines is probably the second most common. So um, when you're talking about seasickness, um, people with migraines get an oversensitivity of their vestibular system, their inner ear and their brain. And so they get um, really sensitive to movement and motion, head movement, uh, body movement. And inner ear infections are also very common. And so the issue with inner ear infections is that once the infection is gone, then um, if you fully recover, then the symptoms go away and, and you're fine. Whereas other people have an infection and they're left with a residual imbalance. And that uh, sensation, like they're drunk, is a very common description of that. So if it's a viral infection, which most ear infections are, does that mean that you can't really do anything other than treat for pain and make sure that patients remain hydrated? Because if it's not a bacterial infection, then antibiotics do nothing for you. That's absolutely right. So, so far, from a research point of view, um, even getting antivirals in the early stages doesn't seem to make too much of a difference. So you're really treating the symptoms. So um, being on the drip to stay hydrated is helpful. There are things called vestibular suppressants, uh, which they oftentimes give through injection or um, that will dull down the input of the good ear. So then you can start to level things off that the good ear and the bad ear are kind of telling your brain similar things. So you can suppress those symptoms for a little bit until you start to recover. Um, but you're basically kind of treating it like a painkiller to, to build down the symptoms until uh, your body adjusts. Well, and, but the other thing about it and what Claire described in, in the way that she was suffering, I'd be terrified, Douglas. Uh, I, I mean, my, my mind would be catastrophizing at a great rate if, if I was suffering from those conditions. So it, it can mimic other very serious conditions. Thankfully, vertigo you recover from. You're absolutely right. And that, that's where getting things um, 
identified accurately is really important. You actually touched on something very, very interesting. So when, when you look at people with um, inner ear problems, um, the biggest uh, risk for prolonged recovery is actually catastrophization. So it's not necessarily the amount of damage to their ear, how severe the virus is, it's your reaction to the symptoms plays a big role in how long it takes for people to recover. And so that is a red flag for um, certain patients that take longer to recover than others. Um, but getting things looked at so you can do tests at bedside of your eye movements and your head movements to see are there signs of an inner ear problem or is it signs of something more serious. Um, and certainly um, in Claire's case, getting the scan rules that out. And it does give you a little bit of um, peace of mind to say, well, I'm not having a stroke right now because that's the first thing that people tend to jump to. Yeah, is, don't, this is something really serious. Uh, absolutely. So don't don't ignore it. Do do seek medical advice. Uh, Shane's texting to say, I get vertigo, but only when I go on an airplane. Uh, that's why flying is such an ordeal for me. Did you get a lot of that, Claire, going, oh, well, it was the pressure on the plane, or it was this, or it was that, that caused it, when in reality, you probably, it would have happened to you had you been sitting at home. Yes. Uh, well, actually, I didn't. It wasn't even that other people said it to me. I thought of myself. You know, I thought oh, it must have been the plane. Um, but actually, I do think that's a very good point. Like when I was waiting in the hospital to go down for the scan, I, I thought, honestly, I, I did think I was having a stroke and I, I was expecting our first grandchild who was born two weeks ago. And I, that's all I kept thinking about was, you know, I've beautiful children and a lovely grandchild on the way. And I was I was really, really terrified really, really frightened. So uh, once I had been told, no, it's okay, it's vertigo, it'll go away. I think you're probably right. I think actually you sort of gather yourself together and say, right, I'm going to fight this or I'm going to make sure I get better from this. It is, it is terrifying, you know. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the grandchild, by the Thank way. Thank you very much. <laughs> He's listening in this morning, baby Austin. Good. Uh, well, Austin, I tell you, your mammy's doing very well. She's used to the radio, but she's, she's doing well uh, talking about something like this. Um, I have a different, this is from Tom, I have a different but somewhat similar condition to vertigo, which is many airs, extreme disorientation or collapse combined with ear ringing or pain. First time it happened, I thought I was having a brain hemorrhage. As it happened in the street, people thought I was on drugs, so they rang the guards. To call it terrifying is no exaggeration. And a lot of people like me or Claire uh, don't know what it is. Many years, is that something you come across regularly, Douglas? Yeah, so that's uh, probably number four uh, common vestibular disorder. It's caused by an increase of uh, fluid in the inner ear. So you'll feel like your ear is um, getting blocked. You'll get an increased um, tinnitus or ringing in your ear. Then your hearing tends to drop, and then you'll get episodes where the room spins for at least 20 minutes at a time. Um, And then when the fluid starts to drain, then the uh, fullness in the ear improves, the hearing improves, and the spinning tends to stop. Um, And like the texture was saying, um, in certain cases, many years, people will get drop attacks, so they suddenly lose the balance and and fall kind of with no warning. And that's terrifying in its own right. Peter's in Dublin. Good morning, Peter. says, I don't think I have vertigo, but I had a scary experience some months ago when I was squatting down for one or two minutes. Then I stood up really quickly. My head started spinning. I nearly blacked out and fell on the floor. It took 20 seconds before I came around. It's happened a few times since. Could it be vertigo related? I suspect that that is blood pressure related. If you're down and you come up too quickly, you see stars. But is it worth getting checked out, Douglas? Absolutely, it's worth getting checked out, and I'd agree with you. Um, So one of the things when people come in complaining of dizziness is that you're trying to get them to describe their symptoms. So the the sensation um, of being drunk or veering to one side or the room spinning, that commonly happens from your inner ear, whereas the blackout sensation, feeling weak, and 
that type of changing positions, bending down, getting up, um, that oftentimes is a blood pressure related thing. And so you obviously treat them completely differently, even though both uh, patients might complain of dizziness. Um, but it's, it's definitely worth talking to the GP and possibly getting referred on to for more um, specific tests uh, for things like orthostatic hypertension. Claire, did you have any kind of holiday after this at all? Because this happened on day one. Yeah, I did. Like I did. You know, I, we had the kids with us, so now ours are all grown up. But, um, you know, by 10 days in, um, it, I did. I did have a nice time. Um, and I was very careful. One thing I, I just think is interesting is I've become quite conscious of being hydrated all the time. So, you know, Every day I'm conscious of drinking water. I don't know whether there's any connection or not, but I, I often wondered, was it the sun, you know, or, or was that anything to do with it? So I'm drinking an awful lot more water and being more conscious of, you know, my sleep and everything like that since it happened, just to try and make sure and hope that it doesn't happen again. But uh, we did. We did have a nice time. Yeah, you missed 10 days, but I'm sure I, I, I've no doubt the family continued on. They soldiered on without they you. Did. They did. <laughs> I, I suspected they would have done. Uh, Claire, thank you so much for joining us. Claire sure. Ronan, broadcaster, uh, uh, Ocean FM presenter, and new granny. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, and good morning to Austin as well, and Dr. Douglas Dufay of the Balance Centre in Dublin.